Today's lesson is entitled The Family Business, God's Brainchild for Helping Others. The Family Business, God's Brainchild for Helping Others. So here's what I want to try, and we're still on this family business series, and I think that this has been just totally, I mean, these lessons have been so encouraging to me, and this lesson in particular has helped me understand some things about being in business, being in church business, being in corporate business, being in your family business. Um, So what is the unique uh, purpose? What is the uniqueness and the purpose of business? Uh, we want to try to answer that question today. And most people see business as a way to prosper. Uh, most people see business as a way to, to get things in life that they've always wanted. Um, in fact, business, listen, I need you to tune in, Lisa, pay attention. In fact, business is so much of a means to prosper, people have gone to extremes with it. And it's so distinctive nowadays that we have to identify businesses by for-profit and not-for-profit. Watch what I'm saying. So people look at business as a way to gain. And it's so distinctive, we have to label businesses as some that are for profit and others that are not for profit. But here's what I think. God created business to be able to create a product or a service to help others. Watch this now. I think that God has instituted the family business of ministry or the family business Uh, the business of just being able to be in business, he created that to where people, to give a vehicle for people to create a product or a service to help others. I think that business is a way, it is the brainchild through which God says, I'm going to help others. So in other words, God says, I'm going to be God and I want to find a way to help people. And he says, the way I'm going to do that is by establishing businesses. Uh, Watch this now. God's church then is his business, right? Now, we said nonprofits and for-profit. Nonprofits are seen as helping others. Most nonprofits we see as, oh, this is a nice business. And, you know, they're feeding the hungry and the homeless. But it's a business nonetheless, right? You still have accounting, you still have payroll, you still have employees, you still have all the laws you have to abide by as an operative business. It's just that you're in business not to make profit as owners or proprietors of the business. So most nonprofits usually have are a corporation. They have a board, an entity that governs it because there's no one who necessarily owns it. But a business of for-profit is usually owned, could be owned by a single proprietor, which means that person is the owner, meaning all the revenue that comes from it goes to that proprietor. 
or there's an LLC, which is a limited liability corporation, meaning that you take limited liability. So you put a few people or you put a partnership together and you say, well, we're going to bear the responsibility together. Or there's some laws and rules that protect you from uh, being solely responsible for that business. But God's church then is his business. Now watch this now, because a lot of people think that just because you in a church or you run a church that it's not really a business. No, no, people slap you with a lawsuit in a minute. In church business, we have to have insurances to protect us for counseling, uh, building liability insurance. We can't even go into a building without having at least a million dollars coverage for insurance. For what happens if we decide to do children's church? There are laws in place that protect children. If we do anything to harm a child, we are subject to the laws of the the national uh, government to be able to be in compliance. So God's church is his business. So this should be, listen now, but listen, the origin of the church, the origin of the for-profit, the origin of the not-for-profit should be, from God's perspective, a means and a vehicle for helping others. I don't want you to lose that because some of you get locked up in business and you forget why you're in business. We'll talk about that. So this should be the origin of all of our service, that this ministry in its full capacity with all the choir singing, with all the deaconing, with all the preaching, with all the events that we have, our goal should be to help others. Amen? So, and if we are coming to church to prosper ourselves, in other words, if we're coming to church to have a come up ourselves rather than finding ways to help others, then we have missed the fundamental principle of being in the family business in the first place. I just want to make that clear. I don't want anybody thinking that we're in church for the business of our own proprietorship. This is not my business. This is not your business. This is not the deacon's business, not the board of trustees business. It is God's business and it is set up to help those in need. Now, being in business, listen, is a blessing but not for the reasons you think. And I'll say that again, being in business is a blessing, but not for the reasons you think. Let me explain that. Here's what I want you to understand. There's a wide gap between what we give and what we receive. I'll say that again. There's a wide gap between what we give in our lives and what we receive in our lives. Why is that? Well, Today, we're going to learn how being in business to give, listen, being in business to give, to help others, is really the place of wealth. And the place of wealth, listen, is not necessarily being rich, but it is being happy and content. Ah, you're going to miss it. Ecclesiastes wrote about this, that the writer was saying, Solomon was saying, I've had a big house, I've done experienced things, I've seen the riches. And he said, at the end of the day, the goal is to fear God, love him, obey the commandments, and just be content in your soul, as a paraphrase. The point is, wealth is not the amassing of dollars. Wealth is not the amassing of cars and homes and things. What we're going to learn today is that richness and wealth is being happy in your soul and contented as a person. Watch this now. 
The farther your pendulum swings toward giving, the higher your chances are of being happy and blessed. Now, we know that there are a lot of people, a lot of wealthy, rich, stanky rich people who are not very happy. And then there are some very poor people who are extremely happy and content, right? So it cannot be in the things that we have. Something has to happen inside of us. I gotta hear him. Most people don't even know how blessed they really are. Listen, if you can give anything to help someone else, you are blessed. In other words, if you have a dollar to give to somebody, you are blessed. In other words, by the fact that you are able to give something to anybody is an establishment of your state of being blessed. Now watch this. Some of you don't think you're blessed because you don't equate a dollar with the value of a million dollars. Well, Jesus taught with the woman who came with the two mites at the offering. She gave all she had and then others gave a whole lot of money. And Jesus said, I value the gift of this woman who gave two mites more than I value the gift of those who gave an exorbitant amount. Why? Because it was the attitude with which she gave it. It was the spirit and the state of humbleness with which she gave it. The Bible says in Corinthians 9, it says, God loves a cheerful giver. He says, in other words, I value the attitude with which you give it. Watch this now. So my wealth and my established blessed status is has more to do with my contentedness and happiness within rather than the acquirement of things. But the only way I achieve that status is if my giving becomes more than my receiving. Uh, Are you with me? Are you tracking? Stay with me for a minute, Joy. To build your life in a, listen to this, Shauna, to build your life in a posture to receive only is a sad place to be. Anybody who lives their life making everything about them. You've got to stroke them. You've got to sing to them. You've got to feed them. You've got to love them. Everything is about them. That is a sad and tragic person. Let me explain today's text for teaching. Let me give you the context. This is what I call the context. I want to point it out to you. In the context of today, Paul was having a leadership meeting. He called the elders together at Ephesus and he gave a speech to them. So this, in essence, is a workshop. Let's say I'm the CEO and I've called the staff of believers together. I've called you 20 or so people online. I'm saying to you, I have a meeting to give to you. I have some things to say to you. So Paul gets up. This is the context. Listen, because it sets it up for our text that we're going to go into. He comes in and he says to the people, he says, now, you know, uh, you know, uh, little Ben, that I've been serving the Lord with humility. Uh, I've been serving the Lord with tears and temptation. He said, I kept nothing back that was profitable to you. 
I've been coming here week after week, giving you the word. I haven't held it back. I haven't given you, you know, this whole notion of prosperity and healing only. I've talked about ups. I've talked about downs. I've talked about Genesis. I've talked about revelation. I've tried to cover the whole gamut of the book. Paul said, I've shown you and I've taught you from house to house. I've come to your house to teach you. I've called you on the phone. I've texted you. I've come to your job. I've done my best to meet with you. And he says to them, he says, repent to God. In other words, have faith in Jesus. So make sure that you repent for your lifestyle and how you're living. So he says, I'm headed to Jerusalem. So I'm coming, I'm, I'm, I've called you to a meeting and I'm telling you, I'm about to go to Jerusalem. Paul is saying, I'm going to Jerusalem, and when I get there, I don't know fully what's there, but I know the Holy Ghost has told me that bonds and afflictions await me. So in other words, he's about to go be locked up. He's about to go away. He calls the meeting of the elders, the leaders together, to tell them how to, listen, how to continue the business because he's about to be locked up. He says, but I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to be locked up, basically, because this is what I signed up for. It's my duty. In other words, whatever struggles I encounter for being faithful to God, then let it be what it is. He says, you won't see me anymore, but I've been serving with clean hands and I've done all to declare as much truth as possible to you. Here's what I like. You know, when when my mom passed, I didn't grieve a whole lot because I felt like her life was lived to the fullest. I had no regrets. I don't think she had any regrets. She was 91. She had pumped her oil. She had done everything. She ran a marathon at 76 years old. What the easy? I mean, she she had done everything. So I didn't grieve. I did. I said life well lived. So Paul was saying, I'm not standing up here crying, talking about I, I'm about to leave the business. When you go to a place of work and you've done everything you can for that business, when you leave to go to another job, you aren't hurt. You don't miss it. You don't fall out and cry because you've done everything you were called to do. So he says, I've done my job. You're not going to see me anymore, but take heed to yourselves Take heed to the business. And he's saying to the elders, feed the flock. I want you to feed them. Paul was the principal leader. He was the principal feeder. And now he's saying to the elders, I need you to feed him. But he says, the wolves are going to come. And he said, even your own men will turn on you. Do you know what it's like when the boss is away? You know what it's like when they leave the office. What happened? Roaches come out, the claws. And I mean, people start cutting up. Paul says, I'm leaving. I don't want you to cut up. It's not time for you to cut up. And some people sometimes think when the pastor is doing such a great job, what do they do? They sit back and they cut up. They live however they want to. Pastor's going to pray for me. I came to tell you, Paul came to tell you, you need to repent. You need to get your life together. I'm warning you, wolves are going to come in and your own family members and friends are going to turn on you when you start running this business that God has called you to do. He said, for three years, I've been warning you. And many of you know online, I've been telling you for many years, get busy serving God. So now Paul commends these elders to the word of God. He says, get in the word, go to God yourself, which will build you and give you an inheritance among the sanctified. So we're getting ready to read the next verses that talk about how he hasn't coveted any silver or gold. He worked with his own hands. He's shown that laboring was to support the weak. And when he finished, he knelt down and he prayed for them. So this was a leadership staff meeting and he was leaving 
he was leaving and he says, I need for you to keep the business going. And whenever the manager leaves, he leaves a supervisor says, well, you're in charge. Somebody is always in charge of the church. The family business is based on a business of giving. And that business of giving needs leaders to execute those actions. These elders would become responsible for the continuing of the church or keeping the family business going. I'm preaching to you on Sunday, but the family business has to be open on Monday. And it cannot be open from me only preaching. I need the 20 of you to understand what your role is and to go out there and execute the family business. Are you tracking with me? I feel like being the godfather. And I need to, to go out. No, I'm just kidding. You need to go out and you do the business. So just as we are responsible for the franchises that we run, those elders of Ephesus were responsible for continuing the good news of the gospel. Let me show you the text today. Let's read the text. The text says, here's Paul saying, this is the end of his meeting. This is the end of his meeting. He says, I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yeah, you yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. He says, I've showed you all things how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, here it is, you've heard this before, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Anybody remember that verse? All right, so let me give you the first one. Let's go back. Let me give you this first point. And the first point has to do with motive. So why do we get in business? Why do we get in business for the Lord? The text said, I have coveted. And you see that one word, coveted. You see that word, coveted. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. So I want to talk about motive for a minute. Let me establish motive. So when you open the church, when you open the business, what is your motive? Motive has to do with a reason for doing something. What is your reason for doing it? Especially one that is hidden or not obvious. Your motive is usually secret and it's internal. It is not obvious to everyone. And so therefore, people can't always easily discern why you're in business. They can see you're in business, but they don't know why you're in business. So here we have to understand and establish our motive. He said, I don't go into this for money, for silver, gold, or apparel, as you see it on the screen there. So let me tell you this, put this up. He says, don't go into business for the wrong reason, right? Don't go into business for the wrong reason. Don't open a church for the wrong reason. Don't get married for the wrong reason. A, a family is a business. Do, do you understand that? Joy and I, and I remember setting goals and visions for each year for my children, for my spouse. I, I, I remember the family is a business. We have a budget. We have bills. We have property. We have insurances. 
We have health issues. We have all taxes, pay, we all of that, right? Or even payroll, even when your kids have, you know, what do they call it? Uh, allowance. You give them an allowance. You know, you have to keep track of all these of families. Don't get in a family because you hot. pause. Anyway, read back. Uh, so don't get in a family because don't just marry because you lonely. Get in a family for the right motive. So keep your motives pure. Don't get married because you about to come up. Don't marry the prince because he's rich. That rich prince may be beating you every night. Don't go to a job because it's on the west side. Don't go to a job because it's one of the top 10. It may not be a good fit for you. Find the place that has the motive that suits the purpose of God in your life. You cannot go into business coveting things. In other words, never partner with something because you think it's a come up. Business is not about coming up. Business is about giving away. So don't get into business coveting stuff. Don't have the wrong motives about helping others. You cannot get into business looking to gain for you. That is not proper business. That's for profit or proprietorship where you abuse your gifts and skills. We'll talk about that in a minute. Well, what is it to covet? What is it to covet? Uh-oh, 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 cousin Kevin, look out now. Covet means seeking or desiring what is not yours or what is not for you. So when you partner in a business and you partner in a situation that does not necessarily agree with God's will, or when you're wanting something that doesn't belong to you, you're crying and having a tantrum. Oh God, give me the job. If I get this job, if I do this, if I get this, if I do that, then you're just like a, a child not recognizing that God wants to do something through you. So yearning for it, to the point of lust. That's what coveting is. Oh, I see that Maybach. Oh, I want a Maybach. Oh, where you just live your life to go, if I could just get this extra job. Oh, if I could just get this house. Oh, girl, if I could get that purse. Oh, if I could get that man. Oh, if I could get this job. Oh, ooh, look at that dress. Oh, if I could just get that dress. If I get that suit. Oh, Lord, I repent. I, I have I have been lusting for Hugo Boss before. I have been lusting for Ferragamo shoes. Listen, in, in other words, you've got to change that disposition. That will not lead to a happy and a content life. It's a stressful life because once you pay for that big bill on that credit card, you got to pay that credit card back with interest. Am I helping anybody? So you don't go into this saying, am I going to get something out of this? We don't come into ministry saying, uh, I want to get something out of this. Now, listen to this carefully. Listen to this carefully, sugar. Some people go into ministry as a side hustle to make extra income. Um, I, I, this is going to be tough today, little Ben. I need security. Uh, listen, some people go into ministry because it is extra income. Ministry is a way to make money. Now, let me put that out there. I don't have the numbers anymore, but I, I did some research and you look at the numbers in terms of what churches bring in every Sunday, billions, okay? Yes, it's a lot of money in terms of, in, uh, not billions per Sunday, billions over the year in time, but millions per Sunday. People, these churches bring in a lot. So it is, it's very plausible for somebody to say, uh, instead of opening up a, a dress shop, I'm open a church. I'm open to church. I, I don't want you to, what I'm trying to get you to see 
I'm trying to get you to see it with not this church, George said, not this church. We ain't bringing in a million, nothing, right? Wait a minute. So what I'm trying to get you to see is that ministry is a business, that business establishments can go across the board and there are rules that apply to all of them. But if you go into it with the wrong motive, you can jack up each one of them. You can be an in a for-profit business for the wrong reason. You can be in a non-for-profit business. And people think, oh, you're doing such a great thing. But if you have the wrong motive, it's not a great thing. If you're in church and you're looking to supplement your income with a side hustle ministry, I'm going to have to pause again. I'm not sure. We might get in trouble for this. So some people go into ministry, watch this, looking to build a family empire. There's some people who go into ministry and they, it's, it's nepotism and they pass it to their children and they pass it to their children and only their children can lead it and run it. And it becomes a family church mm-hmm. instead of God's church. Do you know that I've seen lawsuits? I've, I've seen it in the denomination I've come from, that, that when someone has done so much work to build a church and then the organization, the denomination says they want to put a new pastor in it, do you know that usually ends up in court? Because that pastor, in his mind, is saying, I built it. Technically, it's mine. Oh, no, no, sir. No, no, ma'am. You got in the church for the ministry to help others. You, you didn't get in the church because it's your building. You amassed 25,000 membership. Yes, we applaud you. Your rewards are in heaven. Lisa, you with me? I'm, I'm going to get in trouble. Shanika, help me. So before you serve, before you open your eyeglass business, before you open your beading company or your shoes, shoe source, check your motives. The only reason you should be doing this is out of thankfulness of what God has done for you. And you desire as many people as possible to share in this great blessing. In other words, what you do is you say, God has put something in me. I want to share it with other people. I'm so thankful of what he deposited in me. I'm going to open a business to share it with other people. That's where you start. So when I talk about doing ministry as a franchise, because I want to be clear, I want to be clear, I don't want to get in trouble with God. And we talk about people opening a franchise and doing ministry and serving God. I want to be clear, don't do this for the mo- don't do this with the wrong motive. I'm not up here p- for the money. I Lord knows. <laughs> let me let me go on. Let me let me go to the next one. Motive number one, second one, work. This is gonna be get your pen out, Wendy. This is gonna be great. I want I want you to get this, Wendy. Mama Kane, how you doing? Sharita, listen, you business owners out there, Big Ben, here's here's something I want you to understand from the perspective of business. Look at this. The first one was motive. The next one is work. He talked about work. Paul was addressing the leadership. He said, consider your motives. Then he said, let me tell you about work. Let me get this straight. You yourselves know that these hands, these hands right here, these chocolate caramel beautiful hands I have, have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. In other words, I've worked with my hands. I made my own money and I took care of the people who were with me. My staff, the people who were coming with me, I was a tent maker. Paul was a tent maker. 
And Priscilla and Aquila were people who were with them. They were also tent makers and they worked together making tents and they used that money to help pay for their own necessities so that there wouldn't be anybody questioning that Paul was in this business to get rich. The text implies that the family business is not for personal gain. Listen to this carefully. If you want personal gain, Wendy, earn it. If you want personal gain, earn it. Listen to what I'm saying. Personal gain, listen, personal gain should not come to you and a mass of wealth should not come to you because people just give you money. No, that's receiving without working. Listen, you don't want to live your life because people give you an inheritance or they turn that over to you. Just be, all you had to do was receive it. Anything that all you have to do is receive it. That is not considered your earned wealth. And that's why earned wealth is taxable because it considered that this is something you worked for. That if you worked for it, it amasses as a profit for you and you pay off that cut. But usually gifts and inheritances are not taxable in, in certain kids. I'm not, I'm not the legal aspect of that. There's some exceptions, but generally speaking, gifts and receipts that you have are not taxable because you didn't earn it. So there's a difference. Listen to me, Cynthia. There's a difference in what you receive and there's a difference between what you work for to earn. There are a lot of people who are looking to get rich but don't want to work. Or if they do work, they don't want to pay the taxes on it. <sighs> Listen, so while Paul had previously explained that he and other pastors had every right to be compensated for the work. Listen, Paul has already taught a pastor has every right to be compensated for the work that he did in ministry. He seemed here to be also saying, if you have gifts and skills as a pastor to earn pay otherwise, do that as well. So as not to have your motives questioned while serving others. So in other words, if I have a gift to be able to earn income with my other abilities and I want to buy me a Maybach or a Lamborghini, you can't say nothing to me because I have amassed that wealth through earning it. But if I stand before you and preach to you and ask you to give to me without me working, listen, I've preached. The gospel is free. The message is free. There's no charge for that. I can't charge you for this that I'm doing right now. But I can get paid for making sure the computer works and setting up the profile and doing 40, 50 hours during the week, Monday through Saturday to make this possible. I worked for that. I earned income for that. Are you, are you tracking? Listen to what I'm saying. So I want you to understand that there's a level of business that you do and there's a level of work that comes with that. Listen to what I'm saying. I, I got to break this down. I take this time, take my time to do this. So he says, even though I have the right to do it, I, I, I'm not going to do it because I don't want anybody saying I'm in the ministry 
for the business. So I'm going to get me another job. Now, not everybody has to do that. There's some pastors who get paid for being a pastor. That's good. And they have every right to. But they're getting paid not for sharing the gospel. That's free. They're getting paid for the work they do to share the gospel. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So remove all the potential arguments of why you do what you do by earning the wealth you gain. Here's a quotable. Write this down. Take a picture of it. It says, profit from business and payment for work are two different things. Profit from business and payment for work are two different things. Profit from business and payment for work are two different things. Listen to me. Oh, this is good. I hope you're getting this. Mama Kane, boy, this is good. Listen, work is a powerful method of gaining income or things that we need. So we talked about business. We talked about business, right? Business is to help people. But now I'm talking about work. And work is a powerful method of gaining income. My son used to always say, Daddy, give me some money. I said, well, do something for it. Do you get the difference? Haven't you ever had your kids ask you, well, well, let me have some money. Well, take out the trash. In other words, even parents know that you are not training, you're not raising good kids if you just give them everything you have, they ask for. If you ask God, bless me, Lord, and you haven't done anything, God is not going to do it. Listen, work is a powerful method of gaining income. And you shouldn't hate against anybody who puts in their hours of work and get paid for it. Because that's how you get what you need. Paul said, I work with my own hands building tents to get my necessities met. And I've taken care of the other people. So don't say nothing about me preaching. In other words, telling the leaders, I'm going away and I made my own money. I took care of my money. I didn't put it on you. So now watch this. Don't confuse the business with work. Uh Uh-oh, God help me. I hope I have time. Listen, within the business, listen to this carefully. This is important. Within the business we have created to help others. In other words, within the business that exists to help others, people work in that business to make it possible. Uh, let Let me roll it back. Shauna, in the business which has been created to help others in the business. There are people who work in the business to make helping others possible. Are you tracking? And for that, the people who work in the business should be compensated. You tracking? But these people, the workers don't own the business. Oh, watch this. The workers don't own the business. They don't work for profit. In other words, the business owners amass the business, the revenue. They own the property. They own the revenue, the income. You get paid from the revenue from the business for the work you've done to make that possible. But you don't own it. Do do you understand what I'm saying? A lot of people work in a job, but they don't own stock in the job. In other words, they're not owners of the business. So there's a difference between profit from the business and payment for your work. Are you? Ch- All right. So when you work, you should be paid. Amen? Amen. Amen. When you work, 
you should be paid. But when you own a business, ooh, when you own a business, you are in business on a different level. You own, listen, business owners, when they amass their net worth, they don't set their net worth based on how much money is in the bank account. Their net worth is based on stocks, bonds. It's based on property, value, equipment. It's based on a lot of things. That person is richer than the money in their pocket. God, I'm trying to get you to see that being blessed because of the business is far greater than being paid with a check for work. (gasps) And I'm trying to get you to stop coming to church as an employee who gets paid for showing up on Sunday, you get your little miracle, you get your little blessing, and you go back home. No, I'm trying to get you to move from employee status to business owner status, get one of these franchises, and start walking in a state of happiness and contentment and blessedness that far exceeds the money in your account. God dog it, you're going to miss it. I'm trying to tell you, God gives you the ability to be blessed and to have wealth amassed that exceeds what you have. In other words, my true value is not equated to my true assets. Oh, God. Uh, so that's why in business, because business profit is not based completely in God's eyes on the assets, he has to check your motives. So he rewards you not based on the stuff you have. He rewards you based on your motives. Now he'll pay you for your work, but he'll bless you for your business. Oh, (laughs) oh, come on, Greg. Come all the way from New York City. He will bless you for your business, but he will pay you for your work. How many want to be blessed rather than paid? Or how about both? Pay me for my work, but bless me, Jesus. Oh, God. So so watch this now. Blessings come when the business is done right. But the blessing is from the business, not from your work. Uh, So when people talk about being blessed, they're blessed because they've established a business to give to other people. But when people are just paid for their work, it's paycheck to paycheck. Ah, God. So watch this. Watch this now. That's why, Cynthia, Cynthia, this is why there's very little joy and happiness and contentment and blessing in just working all the time. Ain't nobody happy for doing 80 hours a week, right? Ain't nobody happy about working all the time. God is saying your happiness and your blessed state does not come from you working all the time. Dog it. Ay, 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 caramba. I'm telling you. God is saying, I am not blessing you based on, uh, I remember, I remember a director telling me she was, a, she was assistant director. She was deputy director at that time. And she said to me, she recognized that I was creative and I did other things. She did other things on the side as well. And she said, you and I won't get rich at this job. In other words, she understood. I'll never forget that. She said, she said, you, we will never get rich from this job. Why? Because our salaries would never take care of the dreams and the ideas that we were thinking. We both had ideas about doing things on holy. She said, that will never happen from us coming to work 40 hours a week here. I was like, hmm. 
okay, I see you, I see you. So then she began to talk about it and I began to think about then you have to establish a brand that is bigger than your job. You have to learn how to work while being you in the world. Oh God. In other words, you have a job, but you're being blessed by serving God in the world. Oh, is anybody getting this? So then listen to me. Listen, listen, un- listen, listen. The blessing comes from the business and, and the work is tiring. The work, let me tell you something. Let me tell you. Thursday, what was it? Thursday, I did 12 hours. I did 12 hours, almost 13, preparing, doing ministry with the KKLA and with all the stuff that I did 12 hours. Let me tell you something. I was not happy. I was not. When I came downstairs, I was looking at Joy and Joy was talking to me and she was, babe, babe. And she's all happy to see me and that, babe, babe. And I was like, yes. And I tried to smile. I said, yeah. Yes, we oh yeah, okay. I, listen, work is tiring. And you cannot sit here and say you're a child of God and expect just to be working all the time to serve, move out of the place of work. Yes, you gotta work. I'm not saying you don't have to work, but I'm saying use your work for your necessities, but learn how to be in business for God's blessing. Amen. Fulfillment comes when something is fulfilled through us in the lives of others. The family business is a way to achieve that. Fulfillment comes when you grow. Fulfillment from, listen, the work tired me out. The work had me irritable. But when I come to church or when I get an email for somebody that says, God, I started this ministry or I've, I've helped somebody, I fed the homeless. Listen, when, when, when that happens, I get fulfilled because what I've given to you has helped the lives of others. That's what this vehicle is for. The family business is to be able to bless people. Listen, Ephesians 4 and 28 says this. It says this. It says, let him that stole steal no more but rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that need it. That's Ephesians 4.28. He said, in other words, let him who stole, you robber, you thief, you who used to go to jail all the time for stealing, let him who stole steal no more and get a job. And, and here's the caveat. Here's what it says. It says, get a job so you may have something to give to somebody who needs it. So I'm working in order to give to somebody. Listen, I am setting up my life in a structure to where it is not set to receive only. I work to be able to give. Most people don't think this way. So if you do get anything, work for it with your own hands. Not because other people gave it to you, gave you their hard-earned money. That's why when people, some rich folk, they say, you know, I'm, I'm in the Forbes wealthiest, top 25 wealthiest people. I'm not celebrating that if you inherited it. If your daddy gave it to you, how do you get celebrated for that? Your daddy gets celebrated for that unless he got it from his daddy. Do you understand what I'm saying? There is no honor in receiving only. There is honor and blessedness in giving. So get paid from a service or a product, not from people alone. Don't use people and take from them. Earn your blessing. Don't just use people and suck like a parasite from people taking from them just because they're nice, just because they keep giving to you. Well, they keep giving me $20. That's why I tell people all the time, tough love, stop giving it to them. You are not helping them if you keep giving them only. 
make them work for it. I give it to you if you finish the class. I give it to you if you go to counseling. I give it to you if you go through therapy. But I will not keep giving you what I worked for so you can be in a state of receiving only. The devil is a lie. Hold on. So Paul was demonstrating that even though I have the right to accept money from you, I don't because it is more blessed to take that what I've earned and to give it away to others looking for nothing in return. Here's my last point, and I'll let you go. The last point is, first one was motive. The second one was work. Here's the third, which is happiness. I have showed you, he said, I have shown you all things. This is the, this is the finishing of his sermon, his uh, uh, teaching or uh, meeting. I have showed you all things, how that's so laboring, you ought to support the weak. All right, we just talked about that. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, now he's saying Jesus said this. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, Paul said, Jesus said this. Now, if you look this up in the Bible, you you ain't going to find it. Nowhere in the Bible. Jesus didn't say it. Nowhere in the Bible. It ain't in the Bible. Nowhere. I looked in the Gospels. I was turning over commentaries. I was looking up all the, the original language. I was like, well, where did we, where he say that? <laughs> just because it's not in the Gospel doesn't mean that Jesus didn't say it. But I just wanted to point that out to you. Sometimes we see that Paul, Paul received revelation from God or he read other materials. Even John said there are more, greater things that Jesus has done but cannot be contained in this one book. So there are all kinds of statements that Jesus made that are, aren't even in the book, y'all. And Paul brings up one and says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Do you see what I'm saying? How revelation happens? How, ah, oh God, this thing is bigger than church and a Bible. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, so, so happiness has to do, listen to me. He's, many people say they want to live the blessed life, but, but here's how you do it. The Greek term for it is more blessed to give than to receive means it is more happy. It, the, the term really is happy. So happy is the person who does more giving than receiving. That's what it says. Happy is the person who does more giving than receiving. So your life becomes more contented. It becomes happier when you spend more time giving. And how do you give? Remember? A business, the family business, is the brainchild of what God uses to help other people. So how do you give to other people? Through a business, a franchise that God has put on your heart. So Paul was sharing to the leaders that he had already met, modeled selfless leadership before them. And if they wanted to continue to see God's blessings on the church, they would need to continue this trend. Let me show you this. Write this down. Take a picture of it. This says... Being blessed is the benefit of being able to help others more than you live to bless yourself. This is true prosperity. I'll say it again. Being blessed is the benefit of being able to help others more than you live to bless yourself. That's prosperity. Come on now. So what I'm trying to say to you is when I go out this house today, mm, 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 I value my worth based on what I'm able to do for somebody else. Listen, I got I might have $20, $100 on my credit card. And I don't see that as $100 to be able to buy a new dress. I see that as a backup measure to be able to be a blessing to somebody. It, so in other words, if you have $100 on the credit card, you are blessed. Why? Because you actually potentially have the ability to help somebody. God. 
So if you have anything in your savings account, if you have anything in your checking account, if you have the right motive, technically you're blessed because the motive will say, I could use that to help somebody, cat dog it, in trouble. Now, instead of using, looking at your bank account and saying, I can buy a house with this, I can buy a car with this. Instead, we're saying, I can use my business as a family to help people in need. Set aside $5,000 a year, $1,000 a year, and say, we will help one person in the community go to college, fill out their scholarship, or buy them their prom suit. I tried to start a mentorship before COVID-19 uh, started where we were going to bring young men in and we were going to get them tailored suits because most young African-American men in the inner city have not experienced a tailored suit. I wanted to develop a ministry where some of the brothers I know were going to personally, do you hear me? Not to church, personally pay for somebody to get their suit tailored so they could go to the prom in a suit that was cut to them. That's blessing. Do you hear what I'm saying to me? To you, I hear what I'm saying to me. I'm talking to me. You hear what I'm saying? That's blessing. It is not about looking at I earned 40 hours a week. I'm talking about taking from the 40, from the 40 hours, the paycheck you made, taking a little bit off of that and saying, I'm going to give $100 from that to buy somebody a tailored suit. Are you tracking? That's where your blessing comes from, not from your check. Your job don't pay for you. Proverbs says blessing comes not from the east or the west, but God promotes and brings down, baby. Your blessing comes from God. You don't view your status of health based on the economy of your job. That's why the church remains solid even through COVID, even through an economy, even when everything, when a famine happens or dirt, the church thrives. Why? Because we don't serve man. We serve God. So the benefit of this family business is that you'll be happier living a life of giving more than receiving. So this is the key to profit, not just payments every two weeks after 40, 50, 60 hours of work. That's, the, that's not what you're working for. That's not what you're working for. That's not what you're working for, Lisa. That's not what you're working for, cousin. You're not working just to get paid. We're living our lives to be blessed. God says, I'll give you houses you didn't build. I'll give you land you didn't till. There's a way to profit in life without working so hard to get it from a fleshly perspective. In other words, do your 40 hours, but don't bank your blessing on the job. Bank your, bank, bank your blessing on God. That if God wants to buy me a mansion, it won't be because of my 40-hour job. It will be because of my status of what I've built in my business, of how I've lived my life helping other people. And then maybe somebody who dies bequeaths or leaves their mansion to you because you were a blessing to somebody else. (sighs) God wants to bless us for our service as long as we serve with others in mind and not ourselves. This is prosperity gospel. Happy, fortunate it is more to be giving than receiving. Blessed means you're in a state of happiness and I want to do a better job. I prayed this morning, Lord, help me be better at happy, being happy. Sometimes I can be a Grinch, but you know when I'm a Grinch? I'm a Grinch when I focus more on the work that I do rather than the blessing of the people that get what I give. 
Ah, oh, God, you missed that's way above your head. And Joy has to remind me, you are blessing people, PC. I keep telling you, you are blessing. And after our debrief, on our debrief call, Sean and Joy, they said, but, and I'm focusing on the work. So much work. And did you see this? And did you see that? And they're telling me, but did the people get blessed? And I was reading the comments and they seem to be blessed by the word. And that's what gives me joy. When you focus on the work of your life, you will not be happy. It is more blessed to give what pains us than to receive payment for it. In other words, when we give to others, we allow God to provide for us, not people. When you give to others and trust God, that's faith. I don't have it to give. I don't have I need. I need lunch for next week. Give it. Give it to the person on the corner. But they're trying to scam. Yeah, they might be. Give it if you feel led to give it to them. And watch God provide for you lunch next week. God, dog. Has anybody ever seen God provide rent when you took your last to give to somebody and God brought it from? An, I'm talking about living off residuals. I'm talking about living off of royalty payments. Ben knows something about that. TV people know how your stuff can air. It comes on TV and it may go away. But when you need some money, you be happy when you see it on TV again. You got to watch Ben on, on, on Fremouth and Yulu. He's on crew. What's it? Freeform, 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 Freeform TV and Hulu. He's on. He's in Cruel Summer, and he, he's he's making some money. He's doing his craft. He's doing his gift. But I know he's not there just to get a check. He's there to let his light shine. I watch him. So check out Ben Kane uh, on Cruel Summer on, on Hulu. I gave you a shout out. I might get a I might get a standing ovation for that one. All right, wait a minute. All right, I'm losing it. So so listen. There should be happiness in what you do. In other words, there should be happiness in your life, not just work. Don't just work. You should be happy. And if you're not happy, then all you're doing is working. You're not doing nothing extra. So I'm here to tell you, do something extra. The giver is happier than the receiver. That's true. Happy people are giving people. That's true. Most people who give, they're happy. Happy is an oppor- happy in, is, is having an opportunity to give. How do we know this? We know this because it's a horrible feeling to have to live off the things of another person and not be able to provide for yourself. It is living in pain. Anybody ever been off a job and, you, and you've been off for a while, but then you've been off for a long time and you're living off other people? You don't feel good about that if you're really a man, if you're really a woman, you know, you, who, who can earn your wealth, you can earn your weight. When you have to live off other people, that is not a good feeling, is it? No. You're not happy when you're a loaf. You're not happy when you're a parasite living off other people. But you're happy when you earn a check, when you do something good for somebody and you're able to bless them. That's all I'm trying to say. Is anybody getting this? Let therefore the man who is able to give feel himself the obliged person and think how much pain the feeling heart of his supplicant must endure in being obliged to forego his native independence in soliciting and receiving the bounty of another. In other words, when you're sitting on the couch, eating up somebody else's money, think about how the person who's giving you the money feels. The pain they have for you not being able to get up on your own two feet and do it for yourself. So it's pain from the receiver and it's pain from me watching you not do what God has asked you to do. He says, I'm not seeking of common beggars These have got their minds already depraved 
and their native independence is reduced by sin and idleness to servility. This is Adam Clark, a, co a commentator. We must find those who are weak and find ways to bless them. We must find weak people and, and situations and opportunities and find ministries and ways to help those people. Another commentator said, wherefore the conclusion which the apostle would have drawn from hence that it is much more eligible for a man to work with his own hands and support himself and assist others than to receive at the hands of others. In other words, it's better for you to get a job than to keep getting from other people who give it to you freely. Proverbs 19.17 says, he that lends to the poor lends to the Lord and the Lord will repay them for their good deeds. There it is right there. That's where your paycheck comes from. That's Proverbs 19.7. Post that in, in comment, Chana. Proverbs 19.7. He that lends to the poor lends to the Lord, and the Lord will repay them for their good deeds. So in other words, you work for a check from man, but you serve for a blessing from God. <laughs> Try never to use your position of leadership for personal profit. So why should I be happy? Why should I be happy? Because I'm thankful that I'm able to do something for somebody else. That's why you're happy. Because God gave you a car to be able to give somebody else a ride. I was so mad at my mama. Didn't want me to get the Mazda RX-7 because it only had two seats. And mama said, I need more than two seats because I need to ride my church members to choir rehearsal. And I said, mama, my car ain't riding church people to church. And she got so mad at me, she was paying for the car. I was just stupid. Mama said, boy, but she bought me the RX-7 because I was spoiled rotten the brat. But she did take some church people. She took my car sometimes. I came outside and the car was gone. Mama drove the car to church. You hear me? She said, I pay for it. I'm going to drive it. Anyway, my point is, be thankful that you're able to do something for somebody else. That's why you're happy. Number two, see your ministry as a gift, not a duty or a job. In other words, live your life not as an obligation. Do it from the heart. I'm up here from the heart. The reward you will receive from God for your faithfulness. That's the third reason. You'll get a reward for your faithfulness. Just continue to be happy. Here's my conclusion. This is my last slide. We are a business of giving. And we should be in business to grow. The family business. We should grow the kingdom. Here's how we do that. The key of growing is giving. So if you're preparing to grow, then you're preparing to give. Your happiness and contentment is in your ability to find ways to give to the less fortunate. Find a way to give. Find a way to service those who are less fortunate. That's how you get wealthy. That's how you establish contentment. Being blessed, listen to this, I love this quote, and I wrote it. Being blessed is inextricably connected to giving. I love that. Being blessed is inextricably, inextricably, inextricably connected to giving. Everybody wants to be happy, but nobody wants to give. Oh, God. Have you ever had a fight? Have you ever had a fight with your mate? Have you ever had a fight in a relationship? You're fighting. You're not giving me what I want. You're not giving me what I, but you want to be happy. You want to be happy. But both are arguing, saying, I need to receive, receive, receive. Change the argument. Tell me how long the argument lasts when you say, let me give you what you're asking for. What? How, how they going to come back on that? 
tell me what I can do right now to satisfy you. Let me, gi- let me give you what you're asking for. To what or whom are you giving? That's my question today. Be in business to grow it, not just to maintain it. And most people are maintaining because all their lives does is receive. Growth is giving. Our receiving is vastly disproportionate to our giving. And we are suffering from it in our marriages, in our families, in our jobs, and yes, even in our churches. We want all the members to do something for us. But the church won't do nothing for the members. That's wrong. It's reciprocal. I remember church telling me one time, they said, when I was in need, I went to them and I had sown into them for years. I sown into them and I went to them. I said, I'm in a rough time. Would you be able to help me? The church told me, they said, well, we're not really set up to give. We're only set up to receive. Joy, remember that broke my heart for years. I was scarred for that for years. I'm, I'm barely getting over that. That was a decade ago or so, two decades ago. But the church told me we're only set up to receive, not to give. What the foolishness? Don't be an entity. Don't be a business that only takes in money. Be a life that has something to give in return. And then you will see the words of Luke 638 come to fruition. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. In other words, how much you give is how much you will receive. So my final question is, how does this make me happy? Because... I should be grunged from, I'm tired, I'm helping people, everybody do getting blessed but me. But I've learned I'm not happy when I'm in the position to give to the less fortunate and I don't. When you have it to give and you don't, James even says, how can a person say they love God and they walk by somebody who's hungry and they have the position, they have the ability to feed them and you don't? How can you say you love God and you don't do that? But when I'm seeking for them to give to me, I'm not happy. I'm only happy when I turn my worry over to God and I allow for his promises to bless me the life I live. So don't get into business coveting stuff. Don't have the wrong motives. If you do anything, work for it with your own hands. Know the difference between working for payment and blessing from business. In other words, get paid from a service or product. And then number three, the benefit is that you'll be happier. You'll be blessed and contented living a life of giving more than receiving. So here I stand like Paul with a group of leaders like you. Some of you may have dropped off by now. Group of leaders and potential leaders reminding you there is yet work to be done. Calling you to continue the action we have begun. 
There's no guarantee the PC is going to keep doing this. I'm not, I'm not, I don't see myself the pastor and all the rest till I'm 80, 90. Nope. That, that's not my vision. Not mine. So I'm preparing people to be able to continue what we've started. And I'm daring you today to rise up and do business till our master returns. I'm PC and that's all I've got.